Welcome back to Owned and Operated, where we dive deep into the businesses we own, the businesses we are acquiring, and we also bring on guests to talk about their operating struggles. If you like what you hear today, follow John and Brandon on Twitter. That's John at Wilson Companies and Brandon at Brandon Niro. Also, check out our weekly newsletter where we teach you how to be an effective operator. You can sign up by clicking the link in the description of this podcast or by visiting ownedandoperated.com. That's ownedandoperated.com. Check it out. All right, today we have Johnny, otherwise known as Squeegee God on Twitter. Johnny and his business partner Sergio started Orange Window Cleaning four years ago, and they are on pace to do $700,000 just cleaning windows this year. So we love businesses like Johnny's. They're very easy to start, but growing them can be a big challenge. We brought on Johnny to give you the step-by-step details into how he started and how he's grown over the past several years. If you're interested in a business that's easy to start and you can profit immediately, you'll love this episode. Enjoy. If you listen to our show, you know that we can spend months sourcing businesses, talking with them, negotiating LOIs, conducting due diligence, all for a deal to fall through at the finish line. MicroAcquire solves that whole problem, whether you're buying or selling a business. As a seller, you're getting introduced to over 50,000 trusted buyers with total anonymity. As a buyer, you get to sort through profitable, vetted sellers and close in 30 days. We don't own any digital businesses yet, but over the next year, we're intending to grab a couple, and MicroAcquire is going to be our choice for a sourcing platform. All right, welcome back to Owned and Operated. Today, we have Johnny Robinson on with us. Before we dive into that, if you're into what we're Dropping, make sure to check out ownedandoperated.com. We've got a couple newsletters that have recently become even better as we've gotten used to doing them. And keep checking our website as we put out more and more blog content. We have some really cool stuff coming out every week now. So check it out. But welcome, Johnny. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, this will be fun. This will be a good time. So Johnny, how about you give us a little bit of an intro into, into what you do here? Sure. So I clean windows for a living, mostly residential. So I own and operate... Orange Window Cleaning. We're based in the city of Orange in Orange County, California. Beautiful area. Started this business when I was 19. That was four years ago, 23 now. Started with my partner, Sergio, with 150 bucks. We started with a bucket, a squeegee, and my RAV4. And we've since grown that to three trucks on pace to do about 700K this year. We'll see how it goes depending on how bad the rainy season is. But that's kind of where we're at right now. That is pretty cool. So... How'd you and Sergio meet? So me and Sergio go way back. Actually, we had every single class together in seventh grade. And we were the, both the shortest guys in the class and had the same Hurley sweater from Costco. So it was that's, just like... That's what friendship's boom. made of, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Instant connection there. Yeah. So we've been best friends ever since seventh grade. So graduating high school, we went our separate ways to different colleges. And then we kind of reconvened late freshman year. And that's when we decided, well, he couldn't get a job. He like interviewed McDonald's. McDonald's wouldn't even hire him. And that's that's not a joke. Like McDonald's would not hire him. I feel like there's like that's a cool badass story. So you you guys <laughs> should fully pivot to commercial and then just clean McDonald's windows. 
<laughs> we bid some. Just we've like, actually bid some. I don't think we've got s- it. Though. Send them that invoice once a week and be like, I got turned down by a job for you. <laughs> <laughs> you could pay this $1,000 invoice. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great revenge story, huh? Yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty vindictive. That's nice. All right. So, yeah, so yeah. you guys have been run together for a while. And you guys launched four years ago. Yep. So, June, June 17th, 28, 2017. That's awesome. For some reason, I thought you guys were only a year or two into this. So four years is a pretty good, that's like, yeah. So yeah, we've been grinding at it, but the first two years was just, we weren't taking it seriously. It was just a summer thing. We would literally only work in the summer and then go to school and not, not do it at all. Should focus on school. And it's just like a beer money type of thing. And we weren't even orange window cleaning at the time. We were J and S window cleaning. So Johnny and Sergio window cleaning. And we had just a $5 fiber logo and you know, running out of my RAV4, no wrapped trucks. No, we didn't even have like the right equipment to do two-story windows. Like we were hanging out of windows, squeegeeing and stuff, like windows looking like crap. Wasn't taking it serious at all. When did you start taking it seriously? And maybe why? So that 2019, we both took internships because we weren't we weren't sure we wanted to do. He searched a civil engineering degree on business. He stayed in, in Orange County for his her summer internship. I took one out in Dallas. It was inside or inside outside sales. Like it was like a hybrid internship for an industrial distribution company. And so I flew out to Dallas, lasted two and a half weeks, or maybe it was three, before I quit. And I was like, I will never, I'll never work a job again. I drove back, I texted Sir or called Sergio. I was like, Hey, I'm I'm gonna keep orange window cleaning going. And then he probably lasted another two weeks after that before he quit and joined me. And we were all in just, we're making this work. And that's when we kind of started to take it serious. And we got our first truck, we got our first truck that summer and our first employee. Yeah, that is cool. That's funny. You guys were both doing internships. Were you in college and did you end up finishing or did you just dive straight into the business? So Sergio just graduated in May. I'm in my last semester of college right now. Oh, so you're doing this as a full-time college student. Or some yes. level of okay. still, still, yeah, yeah. It was my last semester. I failed classes during uh, during COVID Zoom, and that's coincidentally when the business also started to kind of take off. So it was a little little tough to to manage, but hey, no excuses. Yeah, I don't even credit. I mean, they they got the cojones to do what I backed out of. This that's the exact situation I was in. So you either sell it or do something, you know. And you guys stuck it out and actually made it through it. So hell yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Brandon's a total it's wimp, is what I'm nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it helps. It helps having a partner. So, especially because he's graduated, he can just do full time orange window cleaning, and you know, I that takes a lot of load off of me. You okay. also you also find a way to kind of get shit done faster though in school. I feel like when you're running a business school, school is easy mode. I can you know get done a whole semester long project in like a day. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not a big deal. Okay. I think I want to dive into this section of your life a lot because I think, I just think it's interesting. So I don't know if you're familiar with Brandon's backstory, but he launched a landscaping company in high school, ran it into college and then sold it when he was a junior or sophomore. sophomore. Mm-hmm. And then he, he ran the, the acquirees company for a while. And then when I was 23 or 24, something like that, I was going to school full time at night and it was the same thing. Like you had a live, I would go into, I was running the company at that point, eight employees and you had a live test subject every, every day. It was really cool. Like you would go to class, you'd learn 
a bunch of stuff. And then like the next morning you got to practice. So yeah, I mean, have you found the same thing? Like, have you been able to just take direct lessons from school and be like, yes, we, we should be doing this? Not really. School, I go to a, what's called in California, you have the research-based institution. So you have the UC system and you have the Cal State system, which is the public, like cheap school, really low cost tuition. So you don't get the same quality almost of professors and types of curriculum and resources. So I I found that the curriculum I'm learning, it doesn't really, it's not applicable. It's just a funnel for for corporate companies, basically. So corporate companies come there and, and recruit when kids are seniors and they go get jobs. So it's really not meant for someone on our path, but it's just, I stuck it out for so long. I'm going to finish it. I don't, I don't want to quit. Yeah. Like I, I will say, I will now. say the biggest thing that taught me a lot was EO. So I almost treat that as like my MBA entrepreneurs organization. And I'll give some background for anybody who doesn't know what that is. It's basically a huge organization, like master peer group, I would say. There's 17,000 members and you have to own a business, a 50%, own 50% or more of a business that does generates over a million dollars of revenue. Well, they have Accelerator for companies between 250000 and 199000 We ended up winning the speech competition, Sergio and I, and they, they gave us a free Accelerator membership that after that summer of 2019. And so we went through the accelerator for the first year for free. And then once our renewal came up, we were actually in the threshold and had enough money to renew it. And we just learned so much. They would kind of break everything down into four categories, cash, strategy, execution, and people. And it just really opened my eyes to to scaling a company, turning a startup into a scale-up. And, you know, if you implement those four things, you can really scale any business. So that taught me a a shitload about business. Yeah. Can we dive? I've never dove far into this specifically. Is EO different than EOS? So EOS is, it's like, it's like scaling up, right? So the guy who created scaling up, there's a student who left scaling up and kind of dumbed it down into EOS. But those are just two, I guess, operating systems. Whereas EO kind of teaches both in a way. But it's more so just like a peer group to kind of discuss like, hey, I'm having this problem, John. I can't, I don't know how to hire. And then you would say, okay, well, this is what worked for me. I'm not saying you should do that, but that's, that's what worked for me type of thing. So it's not necessarily an operating system. Okay. So it's not, it's not really based off of those, but it takes a little bit of both. And, right. But it's the peer group. And I, I can get behind that. That's cool. So what were the four things again? It was cash, strategy. People and execution. That's cool. I mean, you want to dive into each one a little bit? I'm curious like what you took away from them. Yeah, so it's cool because what EO does is they have learning days every quarter and each each learning day is about one of those four different ones. So cash, they teach a lot of profit first. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar. Profit first is just an, basically an accounting system that says, hey, take your profit first and kind of divide up your pie. Treat your bank accounts like a pie. You have one pie for taxes, one pie for you know operating expenses, one for taxes, et cetera. I don't want to get too deep into it because it's a whole book on it. You can read it. Yeah. The author was Michael something or other. Michael McCallowitz. Yeah. Something like that. But, but the book's called Profit First. It is good for the listener. Yeah. Yeah. So they teach a lot of that. That's cool. People, they really talk about the like core values and living your core values and using your core values to kind of make decisions and 
basically decide who you're going to hire, who you're going to work with, who you're going to sell to, things like that, and culture. And then you've got execution, which is not too much to talk about there. It's just just more systems to kind of help you make decisions and then put things into place. And then strategy, they have this whole like one pager you do where you fill out your quarterly priorities and you do quarterly themes. So for example, like our January through March quarterly theme was well-oiled machine. And we wanted to basically get all our systems perfected and all our technicians flowing smoothly with like our inventory management. And so we didn't have to do, you know, have to deal with callbacks because January through March, you've got your really slow season in window cleaning and then gearing up into summer and spring is when it gets really busy. So we wanted to make sure the business ran like a well-oiled machine. And then when you, you know, you're shoving that down your employee's throats, Hey, well-oiled machine, well-oiled machine, they can get behind it and kind of, you know, align with your, your goals. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So do you think is the average, we're a part of a couple of these, is the average business in this group around your size? Is there a really big spread? What's the typical? Yeah, I would say so. So I think the average accelerator is maybe 600K accelerated company, but I think our group's got like this 80% graduation rate. So so they graduate to a million? Is that right. The, oh, that's cool. Man, that's sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think the biggest thing is surrounding yourself with people who are you know, driven like you are and kind of on the same mission. That really fires me up. Mm-hmm. So do you guys talk or have a Facebook group or something like that outside of just the quarterlies? So we do uh, accountability groups. So you're in, I want to say there's maybe like 20 to 25 people in our group and it's split up into groups of three to four. And then you have a coach who is an EO member. You meet every month and you basically say, Hey, like these are my wins for the past month. This is what I'm going through. And everybody kind of experience shares. And then the coach basically is like, Hey, this is what I've done. Like I said before, I'm never going to tell you what you should do, but just basically, hey, this is my experience. Do what you want with that. That is really cool. I'm just glad for you that you got into that as early as you did. Our business started taking off when we joined something similar in our industry. It's industry specific. And then I think we're about to join Vistage, which is like a CEO group thing for me. Yeah, Vistage is super similar. We've had people come from Vistage EO and and same thing, leave EO to go to Vistage. So what's the industry specific one, if you don't mind me asking? Ours is called SGI, but there's one called Nexstar as well and Quality Service Roundtable. I think those are the big three, but they cover plumbing, HVC, and electric. There's also Breakthrough Academy. I don't know if you heard of that one. I was at the window cleaning convention in Atlanta a couple weeks or a few weeks ago. And there's a Breakthrough Academy there. They're all home service, same thing. So like, tell us more about it. Now I'm just curious. So basically, EO, like I just explained EO, but for specifically for home service, and they're really focused on like retreats. So they do a few retreats a year and it's, I think it's like five or six grand a year. But you go into the mountains with a bunch of other HVAC plumbers or I think there's some painters in there and you kind of just have masterminds and talks and stuff like that. I think that would be fun. That'd be a fun next iteration of our company. Like what comes next and like selling some type of even just a retreat. We almost did one this fall, but then like we started buying all these companies, but Mm -hmm. it would be cool to have like a, like a thing, bring 30 or 40 guys out to Akron. They can walk through our five companies. They can 
help us do better and give us authentic feedback, but then they can usually see how larger companies are run. And I think it'd be sweet and just master. Hey, you make a killing doing that, especially at your, your size. I mean, you're at a, you know, there's levels to it. So you're kind of at like, you know, level five, you can get all those level one, two, three, four dudes yeah. in there. Come on out guys. Your stuff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I really like things like that because for, for Sergio and I, we grew up really broke. And none of our family's entrepreneurs, I had no idea you could even start a business when I graduated high school. I just found out because I was pissed off at a manager and I didn't, and I was like, how do I like make money on my own basically? And then, you know, Google just start a business. I thought you needed a degree. I thought you needed a four-year degree to start a business. I was so unaware of, of the possibilities that there are. So that's, that's why I love EO because it taught me a lot of things that I wouldn't wouldn't normally have access to because I don't have that resource available to me because, you know, no entrepreneurs in the family. Yeah, I get that. So you guys have been going for four years. Two years ago, you started taking it seriously. What those, what the first year look like? How'd you guys handle that? Like, we're going to do this. Uh, the first year was a lot of, we didn't even do residential. So I don't know if I mentioned, but we're like 90, 90% residential right now. And we would just pitch storefronts all day. So me and Sergio just going out on the street and pitching little donut shops, liquor oh, stores. Oh, so you started yes, commercial. Stations. So in window cleaning, we don't label storefronts as commercial. We label them, we just call them storefronts. Oh, got it. Because commercial, commercial buildings, you can, you know, you can bust them out for $1,000, $2,000. You're never going to get that for a storefront. You could charge 20 to 40 bucks max for, for a little storefront. But the good thing about it is you can build routes. And so you get some nice recurring revenue there. But yeah, we were just pitching storefronts all day, like donut shops, five bucks here, $10 there, did a dry cleaner for like $12, took us an hour and a half. Oh my Our God. first, the, the first customer, the first customer we got was a donut shop and they, they decided that our work was good, but not good enough to pay us in cash. So they paid us in a box of donuts. I mean, like two, two in the afternoon though. So they were, <laughs> they were all old. They're trying to get rid of them at that point. Yeah. That's pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's all it was the first year, dude, is just kind of really building a callus of just getting rejected. And then we were like, okay, well, if we want to make some money, let's go knock some doors in residential. Started doing that a little bit. Saw a little bit of success, but our sales pitch was just terrible. We did not know how to sell. What, what was it? Like, what was the sales pitch? So for the storefronts, we would come in and we would say, hey, I'm Johnny. I would say, hey, I'm Johnny. This is my partner, Sergio. We're just in the area cleaning windows. Do, do you want a quote? And then if they said yes, then I would look and be like, I don't know, $10. $10 how's that sound? And they would either say yes or no. But if they said no, my go-to line that I thought was just killer for some reason was, are you sure? <laughs> like, yeah. you sure you don't want your windows clean and they just tell me yeah i'm sure and and then i would just i'd be silent i didn't know what to say so then we'd, we'd get kicked out what's the new sales pitch we don't do storefronts anymore i never we don't do door-to-door huh so what does the okay now i'm diving into like the sales funnel but i want my windows that's fine my you house. do that what happens next so you can do one of two things the preferred method is go to our website we're the only company in the county right now doing completely online booking. You don't even have to talk to us. So you can go in, you can say, okay, I have either my house is a thousand square feet or I have 10 windows, whatever, whatever you want to do. You have to say so you have 10 windows that's below our minimum. So you'd pump in 10 windows. 
we would give you a price that displays three options. You have basic, you have basic, deluxe, and premium. The reason for that is studies show when you have three three options, they're always going to pick the middle. So the middle is inside and out, track screens and sills. When I say inside and out, that's inside and out cleaning on the glass. And so you'd you'd see, okay, 250 inside and out on all my windows, not bad. You'd click book, and then you'd see the schedule and the different crews that we have available for that schedule. So let's say you you see Jacob, Victor, and and Jacob. We have another Jacob. And you say, okay, well, I want Victor. Boom. You'd book Victor for Monday, and then it shows all the different time slots. We have three different time slots available. You say, I want between 8 and 10 arrival window. Boom. You'd click that. That gets pinged into our CRM and then notifies our technicians. Hey, I have a job for Monday. Boom. You're ready to go. And you get a confirmation text three days before, and then that job will get completed. You'll get an on my way text when the technician's on its way. He'll take payment. He'll say, hey, if you like the job, could you leave a review? Click finish on our CRM. They get the invoice and receipt. We get the payment. And then they get a follow-up, a series of follow-ups with different review links. And then they're also imported to our drip system where we follow up with them every three months to remind them, hey, it's been three months since your last service. Does that make sense? I feel like I was rambling a lot. but No, that all made sense to me. I'm just thinking through... It's more robust than I thought it would be. Yeah, we're the like I said, we're the only company doing doing stuff like that. So yeah, that, that's pretty interesting. So okay, so the online booking is that through like Jobber? No, we use a company called Responsibid. It's like time. a window cleaning specific Responsibid. Responsibid. Yeah. So so we use Responsibid, and it's integrated with a couple other software. Our CRM is Housecall, so we don't use Jobber. We use Housecall Pro. And then that's integrated with review management software called Nice Job. So they're all kind of ported together. Yeah, that's awesome. I know Housecall Pro. That one's owned by Home Advisor, right? I don't. I don't think they've sold. I'm not sure. Maybe they did, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think they. I think my point was they do a good job with integrating. I have a buddy that uses them with like a four-person company, and yeah, it does like really good stuff for them. Yeah. I think Housecall Pro, Jobber, like those are good. Yeah, you guys use service site, and I assume. Yeah, unfortunately, we're a little too large to use those other platforms just because the reporting functionality normally. But right, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's pretty robust. So you can book online completely. You get a price before you come out. So your guys just at that point, is there a chance for them to upsell when they're out? There is. We do most of our upsells over through our receptionist or admin because when we have a packed schedule, we have three appointments. Say we have three appointments in a day and the customer wants to add on a house wash when we're there, it's a, it's a little difficult to fit that in because now we're going to be late for that next job because the house wash is going to take an extra couple hours. Yeah. So we have the technician do all the upselling over the phone if they call. If they book online, that's kind of maybe something we should look at actually, but no really upsell functionality in the complete online booking. Yeah. How far ahead do people book? We've been booked as far as six weeks. Oh, really? Wow. So, so mm-hmm. maybe that would be another drip campaign where like the moment they book, like 24 hours later, you get a, if you want to add a house wash. Mm, that's not a bad idea to write that down. I'm kind of digging this though. Okay. So what, what is average ticket in this industry? Depends who you ask. I mean, you, if you ask a bucket, Bob, probably 250 bucks. Bucket, Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Our, ours, our version of that is chucking a truck. For, <laughs> for chucking a truck. I'm, nice. Bucket, Bob. That's pretty good. <laughs> 
Yeah. So Colin Bucket Bobs. Our average ticket is six fifty. Yeah. And that's that's across a mix of services. So we do uh, window cleaning and house washing. So pressure washing the house, getting all the dirt and stuff off the siding. So yeah, we're at six fifty. Yeah. And two or three calls a day. About yeah. So so each truck can produce with with one guy max of of a thousand dollars, about a hundred. Hundred dollars an hour. A two-man crew can produce about one hundred and fifty dollars an hour, so they can produce about twelve fifty a day. Do you have any kind so of? So we don't really. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do you have any kind of recurring services or like you know we call memberships, but anything like that for repeat customers? Yeah. So we push. We call it maintenance plans. But what we do is we just add everybody onto the maintenance plan, and and like I said, we have some. We have the receptionist calling them every three months, saying, "Hey, it's been three months. You want to get on the schedule?" Typically, people will always do every six months. Maybe like 10% of our customers are on a quarterly, but we don't have any locked in contract with them because it's so, it's so, what's the word I'm looking for? It's so dependent on the weather. You just never know. Like you don't want to book something three months out if it's, maybe it's going to rain, you know, and we don't have to worry about that too much in California, but you just never know. You did mention something about that uh, before we started the rainy season. How does that kind of play into all this? Yeah. So I'm a little blessed living in California where we don't deal with it too much, but still January through March, mostly January and February, but January through March, we see about one fourth of our actual revenue. So when we're doing our projections and stuff at the beginning of the year, we always just account for a nine month, nine month revenue goal. Forgive my lack of geography of California, but do the wildfires and all that stuff affect you guys or does that make things more busy for you? Yeah. If there are wildfires, like for example, last year, big fire right behind a city that we do a lot of work in and you have all that ash falling all over the house and stuff. And we were just super bit slammed with work, getting all that, washing all that ash off the houses and cleaning the ash off the windows. So it's good for us. I mean, I don't wish any wildfires, don't get me wrong, but every time it does happen, we always see an uptick in, in work. What, what happens with your staff during the down season? That's something we've struggled with every year. We, we always lose at least a few, few employees, but we've done unemployment, like partial unemployment. And then we give priority work to guys who've been with us the longest. It's just so tough. It just feels like there's nothing we can do because, hey, you know, we've got 1,500 customers in our system and you, you can call all of them, but they're going to say, oh, wait till April, wait till April, wait till May. I'm impressed. I think that there was a lot more here. It's just pretty robust. Like, this is cool. This is really cool. So what's the big barrier to growth then? Aside from the seasonality, because that one I can totally get behind. You lose a bunch of staff every year, but what else? For us, it's been trucks. I mean, the trucks are our business units. So, you know, we know if we have one truck out there, it's going to make us 20K for the month. We have two, it's going to make us 40, so on and so forth. Each truck can produce 20. But when we're both, you know, trying to grow at 21, 22, 23 years old, and the bank's asking for five years established credit with, with them to finance these trucks and get better rates, it's tough to kind of put that cash, all that cash down to start buying trucks, all that equipment starts to add up and it really messes up our cash flow. So what is one, like, what does it take to bring on one truck right now? So we just added our third truck in, I want to say July. Yeah. July, because we had a record month in August. So July, we put down like three grand for the truck at a high interest rate. I can't remember what it was, but three grand. And then you're looking at another, you know, you got to buy a pressure washer, water fed poles. Each water fed pole is a thousand bucks. You need another tank rental. That's another 150 a month. 
You've got all your rental? squeegees, belts. Tank is what connects to a water-fed pole. It's a, it's a pure water system. It's just a deionized water system that take all the minerals out of the water and make it completely pure. So when you spray the water on the window, it'll dry completely spot-free. Mm. And then you've got ladders. You've got, just trying to think of everything that goes on the truck right now. comes out to about 10, 10K additionally. So you want to get a truck fully set up with everything. You're looking at close to 15K. And then the high interest rate part is the remainder of the note on that vehicle. Mm-hmm. So I think Furcon was dealing with some similar stuff in that episode. Yeah, he, he was me and Furcon talked in. about it briefly on a spaces call, actually. He's like, oh, I'm in the same boat, man. I yeah. Think we'll finance me. We had a similar issue. We were fortunate because we were able to like become corporatized, basically. But there was we launched a new business unit last year that had obviously no established credit history. And we had an issue all the way up until like a month ago getting stuff for it. And the only way we got stuff for it is because we got them to underwrite the entire portfolio. But that's a problem up and down. Somebody out there, someone out there should solve that for home service companies trying to start up because I think that is a real pain. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a billion dollar idea. Yeah. So, okay. So you have three trucks and you think trucks are the biggest barrier right now. So not, you currently have enough work that you could put another crew or two. We could be a million dollar company right now if we could figure that out. And that's four trucks? Because our marketing and our system, our engine is just so dialed in, we can generate as much work as we want to. I guess dive a little bit further into that. What's the marketing that goes into this? So this is my favorite part. You're not going to expect this, but we built the company completely on the back of Yelp. So I really didn't. So <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so so you guys might be thinking like, what Yelp? Yelp only works in California. It's so location dependent. But for home service, home service businesses in California make up a majority of Yelp's revenue. So if you look at Yelp, it's a public company. They're over doing over a billion dollars a year, and most of that is from home service advertising. I don't know. I don't know why it only works in Yelp, but unaware to us, we were just translating our reputation onto Yelp every time we got done with the job. So we we're just saying, "Hey, can you leave us a review on Yelp?" Yelp is just what we picked, and we became the top. We're like number one. You, you search up window cleaning in Orange County, we're going to show up number one or number two every single time. And then we started pumping ad dollars, and so we started messing around with the keywords and optimizing our Yelp page on the ad platform. And we got it so down where it's like, okay, now I know if I put two grand into Yelp advertising for the month, it's going to generate us 40 grand worth of, of new customers. So we're getting 20x ROI on Yelp. Is that currently the only advertising platform? That's the only advertising we do. That's pretty cool. I wonder how that, like, can you take the same thing over to Home Advisor, Angie's List, these other lead platforms? We've tried them. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because... You can really convey your brand on Yelp and set up your ad a certain way to where you know, like Yelp is bottom of the funnel advertising, meaning they're going to Yelp to buy. So if, if you can show up there one or two and your company looks really professional, they know they're not going to get a, a cheap price. They're going to get it. They're expecting a good price, not a good price, but a higher price. And so with Angie's list, it's really tough to build your reputation and home advisor. It's really tough. So you get a lot of bargain hunters. And that's a lot of people's misconception with Yelp is they think a lot of bargain hunters go to Yelp. That's not the case because our average ticket is consistently higher from Yelp than it is any other lead source except for referral. I mean, you can't really beat a referral. Yeah, that's cool. I think you said this right when you went into it. 
Yelp only works in California. And that must be the case because I don't think Yelp here is even a thing at all for home services. Yeah, I've never heard of Yelp working anywhere in the Midwest or, I mean, it's like has some results in, in New York. Yeah, yeah, restaurants maybe, but Arizona has some success too. The closer you are to the West Coast, the better, but California just dominates. That's kind of sweet. And that's the only one too that kind of goes across because like, like the home environment and all that still is kind of the same for pretty much everywhere. It's all, it's, it's, it's bargaining because it's, you're getting inundated as soon as you ask for something, it's everybody on there yeah. is going out for quotes. So you're just a race to the bottom. Mm-hmm. But that, that's a good point about Yelp. That would be interesting if it's actually utilized more here, what that would look like for home services. But I've only ever seen it used for restaurants. I mean, it might be a good test to maybe get a couple of reviews on there, spend three, 400 bucks on advertising and see if it works. Maybe you could capture all the leads that are coming there because nobody's playing there. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yelp is always one of the funny ones. I think, so we have like 60 or 70 reviews on Yelp, but only five of them show up because we don't advertise. So Yelp, you know, they do play a bit dirty. Yeah, they so, do. So they, they, do. They, they only put like a few of the two stars and then anything that was a five star the message underneath it was like, this is not a reliable review or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Nice. yeah. What, we, what we found is the better the reviewer, the more likely it is to stay. So like you'll see people review who have Yelp elite, like 2021 or whatever, that little tag, those reviews will always stay. But when you have someone who is just coming to Yelp to review you, they always remove those because they think it's fake or spam or something. Or a family member, but yeah, man, we have like sixty not shown right now, sixty not recommended, and then we're they're showing ninety. We've been stuck at like ninety two or ninety three for for a while because they just keep removing them. Yeah, they, they don't want you to cross a hundred. You'd get too much power. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Have you guys looked into? I'm trying to think of how the mainly power washers because I don't think window washing is as much of a thing here, but it's a lot of what radio. Oh, as far as around here, how how do they oh, advertise around here? Perfect Power Wash is like the one around here. They're plastered everywhere. They're it's really their trucks is what you always see because yeah. they have an extremely recognizable wrap. But they're a lot on TV, a lot on the news stations. Yeah, radio radio is huge in the Midwest. I know a guy out there runs a big one in Minnesota. Minnesota's considered the Midwest, right? I have no idea. Something like that, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, so he runs one in Minnesota. He, his biggest thing is radio. His number one lead source is radio. Yeah, it's becoming that for us too. Radio broadcast is like taking over. That's sweet. It's interesting. So Yelp. Okay. All right. So you've got the marketing machine dialed in. You think you could gain a little bit more through Yelp? Throw another truck or two on the road and cross a milli. Exactly. I know we can because we, so we have an agency with Yelp too, helping other home service businesses grow on Yelp. And so we have access to, we can see like our competitors ad spend. We can see inventory fulfillment. So for example, if I say I'm spending five grand on Yelp, I can see if that shows 99 to 100%. I know we're getting the maximum leads we can. So I can realistically up the budget to 10K ad spend a month and get even more leads in if I wanted to. So it's cool. And I can also see search volume in the area. So I know like last month, there's 20,000 people searching for window cleaning within 20 miles of me just on Yelp. I'm into this. I'm really into the 650 average ticket thing though. That's pretty dope. So what is a normal job that goes into that average ticket? Because 650 sounds high. You have a lot of big houses over here. So we tar- we try to stay in, in a few high ticket areas like Newport Beach, Anaheim Hills, Laguna Beach. And they're all, they're just naturally like 4,000 plus square foot homes. So we're able to charge, 
you know, a higher price for window cleaning. Most of the time, it's just window cleaning. We'll get the one-off, maybe like one to two a week, house wash plus window cleaning. You could definitely do a better job upselling, but it's just charging a high price per window. Window cleaning, like residentially, is sweet. I realized it was earlier this summer. This is embarrassing that I'm admitting <laughs> this to as many people that listen to this, but I had never thought of cleaning my windows like at all. And we've lived in this house for like three years or something embarrassing. So it was, Come on, man. it was like, I know. Yeah, I know. It was like a month ago. I looked at the windows and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> these things look insane. So yeah, I cleaned it. And after doing it once, I was like, yeah, never again. I'm going to hire a window cleaning company. So that's, that's like a pretty easy value proposition is I don't want to do that. That was crazy. How long did it take you? Like an hour and a half, two hours. Like I have a very, I have a very small home. Yeah. Yeah. It was inside now. Yeah. It was a very small home. Like I think my home's like 13 or 1400 square feet. It's tiny. So yeah, yeah, it was quick, but it was a pain in the ass. (laughs) Yeah, dude. You think, right? Hey, just cleaning windows. How hard can it be? But there's a lot that goes into it. Oh yeah. It's it's underrated. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, like I'm imagining a homeowner, like hanging out the second story of a window, trying to wash the outside of it. I didn't even touch my second story (laughs) windows. Like it was an hour and a half on the first floor. And after that, I was like, I'm good. I'm going to hard pass. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys have seen like window cleaning equipment, but we don't get on any ladders 99% of the time to clean the second story. So we just have these big carbon fiber poles. They can go up to like seven. We have one that's a 70 footer. Oh my gosh. So you can go up like six stories and clean windows without ever having to get out a lift or scale that building. Holy smokes. And that's yeah. like a and it, like a retractable pole or how does it work? Yeah, yeah. It's a carbon fiber pole. It's in different sets. So you have like eight pieces to it. You just spin up one pole and then do it eight times and you're up there 70 feet. It's carbon fiber. So obviously when it's extended out 70 feet, it's going to be a little heavy, but you know, you just grip it on the window and you're good to go. It doesn't streak or anything. That's hilarious. What's up next for you guys? You're about to graduate college. You're about to be out there ready to devote full focus. So what's next? I've been having a lot of fun on Twitter. Actually, Twitter is very powerful from what I've learned. I've been able to connect with a ton of people like you guys, for example. Liam and Bryant. I don't know if you guys know Liam and Bryant, but we we just spun up a Discord for young entrepreneurs. So we have a little community there. It's free. The podcast, you know, we spent like two grand putting the studio together. So I want to have on a ton of Well, well you got to plug people. it real quick because that was pre-recording. So Johnny's launching a podcast. Oh. Like by the time this will go live, it will already be live. Yeah. So it's really YouTube focused, like impulsive JRE style interviews with entrepreneurs. So we're really focused on the production and the video. It's called You Do What For A Living. But like, you do what for a living? You know what I'm saying? I so, do it. Yeah, that's it. And then like I mentioned briefly, Orange window cleaning is really kind of running on its own. This is basically what I do. I mean, you guys can't see the camera, but I'm just, I'm sitting here in, in our office. And that allowed us to focus a lot more on the agency business. So helping other companies grow on Yelp. That's been a lot of fun. Sergio has kind of been the operator for orange window cleaning. So I've kind of stepped away and I'm focusing on the, on the agency business now. Just focusing on helping home service businesses grow on Yelp. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So this is to clarify. So you own the agency business that helps home services. Yeah. So Sergio and I still own it. We own it together. I didn't. But he's just. I don't think that was. I didn't understand that when we talked about that ten minutes ago. So that's actually your guys' business. Yes. Okay. So we're that using the agency why you business. Have so much data. Yeah, you were like exactly. diving into some of this data, and I was like, dude, who? 
are you bribing <laughs> to, to get that information? That is wild. No. Yeah, so it's kind of an unfair advantage in the market where we have all that data because we're an agency partner. So we just have Orange Window Cleaning as a client for Tuffy Agency. That's the name of the agency. And we're able to see all that data. Yeah. So like if I wanted to go grow my home service company on Yelp, what would that cost? So we just charge uh, $9.99 psychological pricing, you know, $1,000. I don't know. It's a little scary, but you say $9.99, it sounds a little bit better, but we do the same thing. Like I explained for Orange Window Cleanings pricing, we have three different packages, gold, platinum, and diamond. And the platinum is kind of what we push. And that's where we have an autoresponder. Is it $9.99 a month or $9.99? $9.99 a month on top of whatever you spend on ads too. And the cool thing is, is we get a kickback on any ad spend too. So we get anywhere up to 25%, depending on how much our clients are spending on Yelp. That's cool. But that $9.99, you get, you know, we're going to set up your profile, optimize it. But the real, the real value there is the autoresponder. So when you're looking for companies to pick on Yelp, you're going to see the response time. You want your response time always to be at 10 minutes because time kills on Yelp. So if you're even three minutes late to respond to a quote, that next guy is going to get it. If you can fire off a price or at least a, hey, thank you for reaching out within 60 seconds of someone messaging you, your odds of winning that job go way up. So we're one of two agencies that have that autoresponder. And so we could just implement that into your, your Yelp profile and anyone that comes in even after hours is going to get a follow-up immediately when, they get re- or when someone reaches out to your, your profile on Yelp. That's pretty sweet. So how many clients do you guys have? We have four right now. Yeah, that's really cool. We just started it like a month ago. So it's still new, but I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So that, yeah, so that's definitely what's up next for you guys. So, and you and Sergio are partners in that too? Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I always love multiple businesses. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> the way to live. That is fun. Yeah, it's a cool niche too, because it's like solving our own pain point, not solving our own pain point, but using our expertise that we learned through trial and error. And then I really feel like I'm handing out lottery tickets to these companies because we just know it like the back of our hands. Yeah. Yeah, that's slick as shit. No, I want to go do that. Are they all in similar industries or home service industries? Or We have a list of 20 five industries we target, all home services. So anywhere from plumbing, HVAC, pools, window cleaning, real estate agents in there. We've got restorations big. Yeah, I could keep going. Roofing. Are you seeing the same? I got to look at the list. Are you seeing those same keys to success that you guys use to work in those other industries as well? Pretty much. I mean, there's little things you edit on kind of like the, the ad design from different industries, but it's mostly the same thing. It's time. It's it's response time. That's always the one that killed us. And every time we tried to attempt any platform like that was response time. Yeah, well, I mean, especially for for guys like you, you probably have admins answering phone calls, right? If you want your admin doing that, you're not going to hire someone just to respond to Yelp. Well, at least I wouldn't think you would. Maybe you would. I don't know. I don't voice correct. I don't know. But when you have the autoresponder, you, I mean, you just you just respond instantly, and you don't have to worry about your admin. You know, if they're on a call having to respond to Yelp while meanwhile trying to talk, you know, it's mm-hmm. not going to, it's not going to work. All right. You sold us. We'll be your test pilot for Ohio. We'll, we'll bring you over <laughs> to the East coast. Hey, you guys want to spin something up in California? Let me know. Sounds good. Let's do that. <laughs> no, I'm, saying, no, I'm getting worried. I see, I see the gears turning over there. Actually, California, maybe not, but like an adjacent state I'm down for. California might just have a little, a few too many rules for me. 
I don't, I don't know if I'm a good fit for what they're, for what they're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Arizona, Arizona Yelp, Yelp works too. That's where the headquarters is at actually. So there's another idea for you. Yeah. Arizona I could do. It just, you know, seems to be cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Relatively easy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, California is a pain in the ass to deal with. All right. So, so you've got the agency. You said Twitter was powerful and then I totally interrupted you with understanding that you own the agency. So what else is up next for you guys? Agency, Twitter, and yeah, that, that community with Liam and Bryant, Liam Kirchura. You had Liam on. Yeah, he was and then, cool. And then I'm not sure if, if Bryant's been on or you guys planning to have him on, but... Bryant Solentrop? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had him on. He was one of our first couple of guests. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, those are my, those are my boys. And yeah, you guys are like we're, launch buddies. Like yeah. young dudes dropping home service cleaning, companies, cleaning, cleaning yep. stuff. Yeah, yeah, you guys are, yeah. Yeah, we have a group chat on Twitter. It's called like Young Cleaning Bros or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> but yeah, we, so we just launched a Discord community called Young Bootstrappers. And it's just people, anyone under 40 who wants to, you know, be with or talk with like-minded individuals, come join. It's free and you learn a ton. Yeah. Man, that's, yeah, that's cool as hell. Twitter is pretty powerful. What else do you think you're going to do with it? Are you dropping a course? No, not, I don't have any plans for a course yet. I just feel there's something about making a I course know. that just feels slimy about it. It's tough. <laughs> like, it's such I'm, a I'm not good saying, thing, sorry, but it sucks. Yeah. It just, I've always kind of looked at gurus like, okay, if he's selling a course, he's probably not making money in his actual business. So I don't want to buy it. And so I just, it's hard to get that frame of thought out if I'm making a course, but no, I mean, just keep pumping out, you know, threads and, and content in my story. Cause I think a lot of people can get inspired. You can make it money doing anything in this country. And it's, it's amazing. Like I clean glass off of, or I clean dirt off of windows. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on. If, if I can make, make a lot of money doing, doing that, you can, you make money doing anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm ready to go buy a power washing company now. <laughs> This happens after make, every episode. You got to give me a call uh, if you do that. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing I didn't even talk about. We we acquired another business that was like two two hundred seventy k a year. Bought it for thousand dollars down. So you can do some creative things with acquiring companies in this space. Well, you got to walk us through the deal now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's this guy. So I'm in like a little networking group, like kind of like a BNI. Do you guys know what BNI is? So it's called La Tip. One of the insurance agents in that group referred me to his, his Medicare client where he was like 65, retiring. Like your classic story. No one wants to buy his business. He's moving, moving to Idaho. And we looked, he didn't have any, he didn't have a profit and loss. He just had tax returns and his business bank statements. And that was it. Well, actually his bank statements were his personal. He didn't have a bank account for his business. But uh, he had these university contracts, not contracts, relationships. And we really wanted those because there's some big, some big jobs. And so we basically said, hey, look, we'll give you $1,000 in goodwill, but you know, your pricing isn't market rate. So if we pay you, you know, a lump sum of cash like you're asking for, then we're not even going to convert probably 50% of your customers to ours just because your pricing isn't right. Mm-hmm. And so that took a little bit of selling and negotiation, but finally we got through him. He, he took the deal, $1,000, and then we give him a 20% kickback on any customer that converts to an orange window cleaning customer. And then that, that percentage drops to 10% in year two. So let's say I think we bought the business June one or May one. I have to look back. So then June one, 
2022, that 15 or 20% kickback drops to 10% kickback. And then going into year three, that'll drop to five. And then after year three, no kickback. So is it a monthly kickback? Yeah. So I just pay a monthly, I generate a report on House Call Pro because any customer that we clean of his has a has his company's name tagged on it. So we just generate a report, send him that report and say, hey, these are the jobs. And then we do an Excel a spreadsheet attached to that, multiplying it out for him. And then we just send him a check. That's awesome. So you've had it for four months, three and a half months. How's it mm-hmm. going? Yeah, we just finished up We in July. We did two universities for like 60 grand. So that was good. That sounds like a lot. Yeah, yeah it's going great. It's going great. I mean, not so much on the residential, like I predicted. We've maybe done four or five residential customers in total, but those universities are what I really wanted and it's worked out. So with the universe, is that like every window in a university? It's usually the dorms. We can only clean them in the summer when the students are gone. And so for one, for example, we clean like 13 dorm buildings. So we had the guys going in every dorm. They'd have to go check in at the front office, get the keys, unlock all the doors. And then they all have screens on them too. So it's not like a traditional commercial building. They've all got screens. That was a pain in the ass, but it wasn't bad. Have you landed more of those schools since then? So I'm actually, we're bidding on the school I go to right now because I was able to say, go in and say, hey, I'm yeah, a student. Yeah, we do these other ones. And yeah. we do these other ones. And yeah. so they're like, oh, it's a no-brainer. Of course, you're a student and you do universities yeah. already. Yeah, I so, feel like that's uh, we're a bidding, value add. Yeah, we're, we're bidding on that next year. And that was kind of what we were, me and Sergio were thinking, like this is a good avenue to basically, there's like 10 or 11 universities just in, in our area. So we can go to all of them and say, hey, we already do these. Do you think you could... I just think that sounds like a really sweet project. Do you think you could throw those into spring break or like Christmas break or things somewhere where you guys are already slowed down because that's your natural slow season, but throw a $60,000 project in there? I mean, that'd be the dream, but you've got students coming back in, in January and February. So there's really no time. So it's not like a week to, project. To in. It's like a month. Right. Yeah. So like one of them took us six weeks. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm, a, I'm sitting they're here like huge. imagining like a week. You know, unless we threw like three, four crews on that, then it would take us maybe like two, three weeks. But I wonder you know. if you could, in sl- I don't know. I'm just like totally thinking because if, if you pretty much stop working and you had a two week gap, you could like full bore it. Yeah. And just throw everyone on there. That's not a bad idea. But one of the things that always limited our growth still does is nailing seasonality and what to do with staff. Because it's hard to grow. It's hard to grow 10 people if you lose five people every year. Because then you're mm-hmm. like you're constantly replacing the churn of technicians. So if you're able to nail your seasonality and you're able to do stuff in your downtime so you keep all your staff and you only have to grow by five people, it's just like that's like half the game for for these home service companies. It's just figuring out how to retain during downtime. And Absolutely. It, it, on, it only gets worse as you get bigger, unfortunately. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. It's already a pain in the ass right now. So someone can figure that out. That'd yeah. Be great. Where do you think you guys are going to take the window company? We want to get it to, to over a million next year. We've doubled every year. So at the rate we're on next year, year five should be our million dollar year. That's, That's the awesome. goal right now. That'd we'll, be we'll be cheering you on from Ohio. Like kind of like arm pumping <laughs> <laughs> the whole year. Like it's going to be exhausting. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Your arm's going to get tired, man. Yeah, yeah. It'll um, get tired. Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate it, dude. That's awesome. I'll keep you guys posted, definitely. But yeah, that's we're excited. sweet. That's sweet. I think we're going to hit it.
What do you think you could have done, like looking back, what could you have done to shorten the timeline to two years to hit a million? Urgency. It's something that's starting to click in my head now as I get older is stop putting off tomorrow what you can do today. Just pull the trigger already. We could have put our third truck out, you know, beginning of summer had we just bit the bullet and went straight to the dealership instead of trying to, you know, fuck around with bank financing. Just just pull the trigger, do what you have to do. Cause you know if you're gonna put that money down, that truck is gonna produce you an extra twenty K. So we could have had an extra sixty thousand dollars of revenue for the summer had we just moved faster and had a little bit of urgency. So that's something we've been kind of working on is it's just a sense of urgency. You can move a lot faster than you think. Yeah. I wonder what we were thinking about this, or I was thinking about this. So we I bought my first company in two thousand sixteen and it was already doing like about a million dollars. And then obviously we, we buy companies. So like, this isn't the same comparison, but we're going to, we're about to hit the fifth anniversary this year in like a week, two weeks. It was October 1st. And I was like, okay, so five years. And the first four years were basically spent building the platform. And the fifth year was spent exploding in growth. And then if I had to do it again, how could I do all that in two? Because what does the next 20 million look like? Yeah, interesting exercise to sort of like flush it out. But you guys have just such a killer base on top, like the marketing dialed in, down to trucks, good CRM, good lead flow. Like I'm into this. You have the, you, yeah. this is for sure the platform. Definitely. If I had to go back to doing two years, knowing what we know now, it'd be a lot different because. It took us like same thing. Like it took us four years to figure out what works on the marketing and to get leads in constantly, and to build our reputation. That takes time to build your reputation, you know. Because you know, the more years you're in business, the, the cool thing about home service is, as long as you stay in business, you kind of grow naturally if you can retain your customers. So we would definitely grow a, way, a hell of a lot faster knowing what we know now, just because we can, you know, throw our marketing engine on there and just explode. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We're we're starting the serve startup thing which I don't think we've talked very much about on the pod. What is that? We're incubating and we're doing it with a guy named Isaac. He's on Twitter. I should plug his Twitter, but he's cool. So we're incubating home service entrepreneurs that want to start up. And we are like basically funding them and giving them the model to launch and get to success as quick as they can. So obviously that looks like a lot of different things. It really depends on the industry. And we're going to be targeting asset heavy companies to give us a little bit more of a moat and competitive edge because we don't want to be competing against the guys that can start a cleaning company for 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. We'd rather have to compete against guys who have to drop $200,000 to even walk in the door. But that's a lot of this now is like, okay, so how, how do we take an entrepreneur who just wants to start a home service company and get them to a million dollars in two years in revenue or, or several million dollars in two years? So that, that's the thought experiment. What do you think? That's exciting. That's really cool. I'd love to hear more about that. But hmm, I mean, I think as long as you have you have marketing down, that's that's the number one thing. I mean, I I think about it like like a stool, right? A four legged stool, like a bar stool. And you kind of each each leg is growing. So you have to make sure each leg's growing and kind of around the same length. Because if your marketing is, you know, all the way down here, but you haven't you haven't supplemented that with you're hiring and you're buying your trucks, well, then there's, you're going to fail. 
you're, you're going to get too much work. You're wasting money on ads and you're leaving money on the table because you can't fulfill that work. So it's definitely an interesting thought experiment. It's a little, a little more difficult the more you think about it, but I think marketing is, is the most important thing. And then kind of, we've always been to figure it out as you go. So we'll get the work and then we'll figure out how to fulfill it type of thing. And obviously, you know, at scale, that's probably not what you want to do, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah. Well, I think scrappiness gets you pretty close to scale and then it becomes way more about like org building and then creating a machine that is more of like placing components. Mm -hmm. So, hey, that's another thing too. I think performance based pay is huge. So if you can figure out a good system off the rip, just so, you know, employees are like, wow, this is awesome. And then you can get those referrals in. employee referrals are the best and, you know, pay those employees when they do refer someone that stays for a certain amount of time. Yeah. What does your current comp system look like? When we were W2, it was commission-based. So basically, lead techs would get up to 16%. Yeah, 16% on a two-man truck, whereas the regular tech would get 12, 13. So we were trying to keep it below 30% labor. And then uh, if you're a one-man lead tech, you max out at 25%. Sometimes if we really, you know, we had a lead tech that was crushing it, we would bend that and give them 26, 27. But your normal tech would probably get around 20%. Mm -hmm. Is that the same with subcontractors? Subcontractors are a little different. We don't do commission because we have to, we're essentially a broker. We have to be labeled as a broker so we don't get in trouble, California. But we just pay them 60% of the job. But the good thing is, is we charge really high prices. So they're cool with that. And we're essentially their their Yelp or their marketing. They don't have to pay for the, the customer acquisition or anything like that. We do the booking, we do the pricing, we're doing spending our money maintaining that customer relationship, and they're just servicing the customer. So you're you've become almost more of a lead gen completely. Basically, yes and no. I mean, we still keep the customer service there. Customer service is still our big thing. We think you can have subs and still have great customer service. Well, we don't think we've we're proving it right now. But I mean, like I said, our reviews are still going up, still getting five stars. And a big thing is honestly, who answers the phone? As long as you sound bubbly and you answer the phone with a smile, most people are going to be happy. And then vetting the subs, right? So you're not going to send, you're not gonna, I'm not going to meet with the sub if he's, you know, used your bullshit detector a little bit or like your, your judgment of character. And you can kind of tell if, if you want to send that guy out to jobs or not. The good thing about Orange County is people have been getting their windows cleaned for 30, 40 years. So like we're able to get lists from our, our window cleaning suppliers of all their window cleaners because we're, we tell them, hey, we're subbing work. And so they give us a list and we've got hundreds of, of window cleaning companies we can use because there's so much demand here. That is interesting. So then I'm just going to go backwards here. You said your biggest problem was vehicles. That no longer becomes a problem if you're subbing. Right, exactly. So that's why we made the switch. So I know we kind of skipped we kind of skipped all over the place here, but we switched from W twos to subs last month. So our last W two month was last month, and so that whole time of what's last month August, we were doing hybrid where we would have you know a few trucks W two, a few few truck subs. We saw no difference. Jobs are still getting done, but we were just making more money on the subs. You're making so, more money. Mm-hmm, yeah, making more money because we don't have to pay workers comp anymore. So window cleaning workers comp for window cleaning, we're paying like twenty almost 23%. So workers comp is killing us every month for W2s because, you know, and think about it as an insurance agent, you hear, oh, you're a window cleaner. 
oh my God, I'm going to make so much money off you because you're getting on ladders and mm-hmm. you're cleaning three, four, five story buildings when that's not the case. You're using a water-fed pole 99% of the time. That's pretty wild. Okay. So 60%, so maybe 30% was out of your SGNA and 30% COGS. Right. So it's actually a range of 50 to 60. So we have a thing where the more jobs you complete successfully with us, we'll raise your, your rates. So you start at 50. After a certain amount of jobs you complete, you can go to 55 and then you cap out at 60. We'll never pay more than 60%. That's pretty dope. I'm into that. And then what, what percentage of, like, are you able to keep your overhead to 10% or 20% so you guys can still do 20% net or 30% net? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, keep in mind when you switch to subs, you don't have to worry about truck maintenance, buying equipment, workers comp, payroll taxes. You just, you pay your sub and and, and that's it. And then you have, we have overhead for, okay, we have our ad spend. Not a big deal. We have, our ad spend probably 5%. And then we have, you know, our software CRMs or CRM and then nice job response bid. And then you've got our VAs and our admin. That's it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. I think there's guys that do sub inside like the trades we play in, but they're too, they're way too specialized. You end up getting, end up getting beat up. I don't think, I don't think subs would work in, in, in something like that. I don't don't think think it's, I don't think you can build a long-term business off of subs in, in plumbing or HVAC. I just don't think that would work. I know guys who do it for cons one, but I know guys just around here that do subs in carpeting, like flooring. And that's a, Mm -hmm. that is a, very real way to scale those up. That's a pretty cool setup. I'm trying to think of other industries that works. Janitorial has been subbing things for years and they've, there's billion dollar companies. Yeah, subbing. Roofing, yeah. yeah. I know a guy who lives in Vegas and operates two junk hauling companies in San Diego and LA. And he's got tons of trucks moving. He's, he said, I talked to him and he's who kind of helped us work through a lot of this. And he told me, he's like, yeah, I haven't been on a truck in six years. And he just, Subs everything from Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Multiple companies, junk removal. Yeah, I mean, junk removal is an industry. I'd, I'd do that. <laughs> yeah, lots of, lots of interesting ones. Cleaning, of course, is huge. I mean, you know, you guys had Liam on. He does that. Yeah. I'm trying to think where else you can get away with it at. Yeah, I mean, I know guys doing it with pavers, too. Guys are killing it with pavers, you know, like driveways. Yeah. There's a guy doing that who's got like six crews. I always wonder what that looks like at like $10, $20 million in sales. How does it change? Is it maintainable or do you need it's, so many subs at that point that it's hard, really hard to maintain quality? Cause it feels like the smaller, the better you can like tightly control that. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll find out right as we grow, but I've seen there's a paver company doing, I want to say they're doing eight figures and they just have sales teams. That's all their employees is just inside sales. And they've got like 10 sales reps just selling paver jobs. That's dope. God, I always do these and then I'm like, we need to go do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That'd I love sweet. that feeling though. It's a double-edged sword though, because I think every entrepreneur deals with that, you know, chasing the shiny objects, shiny object syndrome. And it's tough to deal with for sure. Yeah. I can talk myself down now just because I'm so busy. But if there's more time, like next year, I'm suspecting that there's going to be a lull in between deals. That's never good means John's going to go start something. <laughs> brace. Yeah, everybody brace yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. Well, I think we've pretty much hit our time here. This has been 
freaking awesome. I'm pumped to listen back through this. This is going to be really cool. So if people can, if people want to follow you, where can they find you? So number one place to follow me is Twitter. Like I mentioned at squeegee God, that's nice. my handle. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. That's kind good. of branded myself kind of really good there. I'm really proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. Squeegee that, God on Twitter. That is pretty direct. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story. This was really cool. Yeah, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me, man. It's yeah, fun. And, and your podcast is one more time because it'll be out by this time. Yeah. You do what for a living? Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Sweet. Cool. All right. Thanks, John. Hey, if you guys are ever in California, I'll have you jump on. Yeah. There you for go. Sure. All right, guys.